When the moon hits your eye Like a big pizza pie That's amore When the world seems to shine Like you've had too much wine That's amore for the judges and this multi-millionaire mogul now has the best kind of goal. The Thunderbird 144A for John Montgomery. It is Thunderbird with the Canada. Montgomery takes gold and it's good. The Caps have a 20. Oh, Tora Bright has gone smack. Tora Bright is an Olympic gold medalist. Chuck scores. It's Pula again. Canada wins gold in overtime. Nadezhka touch for the line. 121. It is off the podium, an Olympics podcast coming your way today for another massive athlete interview. Boy, oh boy, wowee, do we have a big one today. Returning to ice hockey to speak to Rebecca Johnston, four-time Olympian, three-time Olympic gold medalist for Team Canada. If you don't mind, just an absolute legend of the sport. And this is an incredible chat with Rebecca, learning about everything from her roots in hockey, how she got started. Obviously, it's Canada. You know you're going to be basically born with skates on your feet, but we find out just specifically what drew her to hockey and how she then progressed through that. We learn all about her Olympic experiences along the years, four very unique Olympics that she went to, as you will discover in this chat, going to Vancouver, Sochi, Pyeongchang and Beijing. Whether or not there's drive in her still, of course, to go towards uh, not only Milan in 2026, but potentially Vancouver in 2030. And if she's not playing, what other capacity she might be involved in in 2030. As well as a very exciting new job that at the time of recording this was literally announced days before the interview that we did last year when we recorded this. And just uh, how intense that rivalry is with Team USA. Are they putting Team USA logos and photos on dartboards and things like that? And if so, does that help them get on the ice and just want to beat Team USA all the time? And as I say in this interview, to me, one of the greatest rivalries in world sport, Team USA versus Team Canada in women's ice hockey. It is an incredible rivalry that is maybe the closest rivalry and most consistent rivalry we've had in world sport for a good 20 or so years. So uh, great chat here with Rebecca. You're going to love it and you're going to get a lot out of it. Here's our chat with Canadian four-time Olympian and three-time Olympic gold medal hockey player, Rebecca Johnston. One of our favourite sports here and off the podium to talk about, of course, is the great sport of ice hockey, as we call it in Australia. If you're listening to us in Canada and other parts of the world, of course, it is simply just hockey. And we have an absolute legend of the game to talk to today. Four-time Olympian, three-time Olympic champion, two-time world champion, played 174 games for her country, scored 61 goals, 77 assists, eighth all-time on Team Canada, points scored in the history of the game, uh, absolute legend of hockey in the country, and it's such an honour to be able to welcome her to the show today. Rebecca Johnson is here. Rebecca, first of all, welcome to Off the Podium. It's a pleasure to have you on the show today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. 
And and more importantly, I want to add to all of that, your esteemed career. I'm sitting here wearing a Flames jersey, now part of the Calgary Flames. Uh, congratulations on your, uh, at the time I recorded this, very recent uh, job promotion. Yeah. So I- exciting times for you right now. Yeah, it's definitely um, uh, different for sure. Like I, I'm kind of in that transition phase where I'm starting to think about my future. So, um, yeah, I'm joining the Flames now in a player development, um, grassroots hockey um, kind of role. So it should be a lot of fun. There's It'll be a different focus for me. So I'll have diff- a few different things on the go, which will be great. I just got to, I got to touch on this quickly because we're obviously going to talk about your, your career in general, but I, I looked through your Instagram and particularly earlier this year with the playoffs, you're in your flames clothes. I mean, are you a flames fan? You're from Ontario. So I, I kind of didn't assume which way you went, but I mean, are you, have you been a flames fan in your life or is this sort of a recent transition? I would say like, I, I've been living in Calgary for eight years now. Um, so I am from Ontario um, but never was a huge Leafs fan, to be honest. So yeah, like I, I feel like I've, I've definitely, uh, feel like I'm part of the, the Calgary community now. And, um, so, you know, hockey, Calgary, it's just kind of, it all goes together. And so everyone, so yeah, I'm definitely a Flames fan. And now that I've joined the Flames organization, um, I guess even more of a fan now. So I'd hope so. Yes, that, that generally works for the job description. Good answer. I like that. We're off to a good start here. But, Re- Rebecca, obviously, for a lot of our listeners who are, say, in, in the southern part of the world, Australia, hockey is a very different sport in this country. But for Canada, as we know, it's a, a sport where you pretty much, you're born, you put skates on your feet, uh, you know, you're going to be playing hockey. Was that sort of how it worked for you, starting the sport at, at quite a young age, getting into hockey? Yeah, I kind of started, I started when I was three, three or four, four years old. And uh, yeah, I just kind of, my whole family, I saw come from a large family. And so I have five siblings. We all played hockey um, along with a lot of other sports, but hockey was, was our number one sport for, for everybody. And uh, so I started in the outdoor rink, actually just threw, threw skates on and, and some equipment that hand-me-downs from my siblings and just went out there and, um, I was on a, the same team as like, my two older sister and older brother. So I definitely was um, one of the younger ones for sure. And so I just kind of skated around, didn't really touch the puck a whole lot. But that's the moment where, where I fell in love with hockey and really realized that, you know, this is an amazing sport and something that um, I love to do. In terms of the other sports you mentioned, was it just a case of you growing up, you try your hand at everything? Were there other sports that uh, outside of hockey that you were particularly fond of? Yeah, I was, I did a lot of sports competitively. So um, I played basketball and soccer and competitively. And then um, I did also track and field uh, competitively, which um, I probably, uh, you know, was the most successful after hockey at, at track, I would say. Um, so yeah, there's a, there's a little, quite a few sports that I, that I enjoyed doing and um, definitely throughout my childhood I you know I loved hockey but I, I also wanted to do a lot of other things and, and experience a lot of different um activities and and just be active um I just love to be outside and, and doing things with my friends so I, I love hearing it when we find out those sports where our guests play growing up when generally they they're all Olympic sports of course there Rebecca but I mean was this something growing up that you'd watch the Olympics this was something in the back of your mind that you thought wow this would be great to do or did that sort of come later the more you progressed throughout your hockey career 
Yeah, that was that was definitely a little bit later. Um, I I grew up playing uh, boys hockey, so I at at the time there, there wasn't many girls playing that I knew, and so I didn't really know that there was like you know an option for me to play. I just thought I was going to play in the NHL, obviously. Um, so you know, so when that didn't turn out, um, I I I realized in 2002 um, in Salt Lake City at the uh, Winter Olympics, uh, Canada, both men's and women's team won. And that was kind of the moment for me where I was watching them on the TV and just seeing that like raw emotion, um, getting that gold medal around their necks. It was, it was definitely something that inspired me. And um, it was, it was a feeling that I wanted to, to try to accomplish one day and hopefully represent my country. So that was where the, when the, the goal, um, started for me was just kind of like the 2002 Olympics when I realized, Oh, girls do play hockey and there's, there's uh, options for me. I can try to make the national team. I can go to college and, and play for a college team. Cause it was a very interesting period then for women's hockey, wasn't it? That was only the second Olympics that it had been in. You're obviously making your way there, as you are saying, as a, as a lot of girls did in that period played, you know, on boys hockey's team. But did you then see, was it rapid development or just sort of a gradual development of, of women's hockey around that time as you progressed through that you were able to, there were more women's teams to be able to, to play for in that period than there were when you first started? Yeah, there, it definitely started to progressively grow and, and more and more girls are, are playing hockey nowadays. And, and so it's great to see, uh, even just going back to my hometown um, of Sudbury, Ontario, and, and seeing like, you know, there weren't really girls teams in Sudbury at the time when I was playing and um and now there's there's several teams of each age group and, and a few different leagues so it's, it's great to see that there are a lot of female teams now for these girls to, to play in and, and try to you know make have be able to play the sport and, and be able to um, enjoy um the sport of hockey so it's, it's great to see that there's there's so many um options now for girls obviously you're First Olympics is Vancouver. A year after Salt Lake, that's when Vancouver gets announced as the Olympic City, of course, in 2003. Do you remember when that was announced? And I guess you probably could never imagine, if you remember that, that you're going to be playing at those Olympics in seven years' time. Yeah, I, I don't recall that. No, I don't remember. I remember it being announced, but I definitely remember... Um, you know, as I, as I started to get a little bit closer to making the national team, like I was on the provincial team and, and then was asked at, at age 17, so I was still in high school, to be an alternate at the World Championships. So this was the year after the Olympics in 2006. Um, their World Championships um, for the senior national team. And, and so for me, that was huge because I was like, wow, this actually could be real goal for me now that I, I, you know, I'm, I'm an alternate at the world championships. I didn't play any games, but I was super young and, and gained that experience. And, um, so from then on, I was just, you know, I've been on the team and, uh, been able to make it and, uh, made my first Olympics in 2010. So it was, yeah, I feel like when I was young, I, I, I had this goal and, um, I was very competitive and always wanted to be the best player out there. And, um, but never in my wildest dreams that I think I would, I would, you know, actually make the, the Olympic team and, and be on it for 15 years now. So it's obviously a pretty big period for you in that time. You mentioned playing provincially 2007, I believe the Canada games, gold medal team Ontario, uh, 
beat Team Manitoba, if I'm not mistaken. Hello, Colin, our uh, beloved co-host, if he's not here. Uh, proud Manitobian, <laughs> Manitobite, Manitobian. I don't know what the correct word. Manitobian, yeah. Manitobian. Okay, there it is. Um, I always love learning from our guests from Canada the, the experience of a Canada Games because particularly with winter athletes, as we always say, not a lot of opportunity for multi-sport events for winter athletes versus the summer colleagues. Was that something looking back that you can think to yourself was a, a bit of a taste, a bit of an experience to kind of go to an event like that where three years later you'd obviously go to an Olympics but really get a, a vibe of what it's like to go to one of these versus a, a world championships or just a, a regular hockey tournament? Yeah, I think um, Winter Games, it definitely was – it's kind of like a small, very small version of, of an Olympics. It's, you know, it's um, – everyone gets together. There's – there's uh, – a lot of different sports so there's different athletes and um so it was a really cool experience to to represent your province and um you know get that that experience under your belt with just you know competing at semi-high level you know in important finals and just being in, in all those situations and uh and it just really grew as, as a hockey player and as a person just being able to to attend that and and um experience that so it was definitely um, a great time for me when, when you're young and, and you've never seen anything like that before. What's it like when you join a squad that is just a year earlier, won an Olympic gold medal, they're obviously, you know, a dominant force in, in hockey, to join that squad, alternate for a world championships. I mean, obviously you're proud to make a Canadian team, you're representing your country, but do you remember sort of like showing up to first practice and being surrounded by all these, you know, hugely successful women who I'm sure you've looked up to and seen them win gold at the Olympics and all this kind of stuff and think, wow, I'm here. Like, what's next? This is incredible. Yeah, I mean, I remember in 2007, my my first world championships and, and going, I, I was so nervous. And, you know, I was young and there was a lot of my idols and people that I had watched at the Olympics and um, all these big name players, um, these trailblazers. And, and so you know, me coming in, um, I didn't really know what to expect. And, and I definitely was really excited for the opportunity. Uh, but, you know, you sit beside Haley Wickenheiser, Danielle Goyette, all these, these amazing hockey players. And you're like, you know, trying to calm down, make sure that you're like composed and able to like get out and practice. And so just me being there and experience, you know, how national team works and, you know, practices and competing with all these great players at practice. It was, it was definitely a great experience for me and it just kind of started off my career as like the first stepping stone to, to um, all the accomplishments that, that I've been able to, to make was just having that experience was, was definitely, um, you know, a turning point for me. And, and what's their reaction to say that the, the new girls that come on, are they sort of very welcoming, welcome to the team, let's get into practice or is there a bit of a, I don't know, initiation. Are they there to sort of be like, okay, well, you know, hey, hotshot, how you doing? Oh, you got to earn your spot. Let's, let's, let's show you how this works. Like, is there kind of like a line there where, you know, there's a bit of both going on? Uh, no, everyone was, was pretty nice. Um, yeah, there's some people that went out of their way more so than others, but definitely no hazing or anything like that. And, and I was so young that like, God, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even be able to handle something like that if something did happen. <laughs> but um, no, I was just, super humbled and honored to be there and to be in the same room as, as a lot of these girls. So, um, yeah, they were definitely welcoming and, and made me feel as comfortable as I could. 
Because obviously at that point, as you said, you've been 2007, you've basically been on the team ever since. But, you know, you get on that team, you're obviously wanting to prove yourself to, to make sure you do. You've done that successfully. But do you think of Olympics at that point, 2007? You know, if I just keep doing my job and do what I've done to get to this point, then uh, this is a possibility in three years' time? Honestly, like I, I, I definitely had a little bit of, of, I had lack of confidence for sure. The first few years of, of my career with the national team, like playing with the national team, I always had those nerves and, and a lot of doubt in my mind, just being like, I don't know why they keep asking me to come here. Like, you know, just wasn't solely confident and, and knew that I could do it. Um, I maybe in the back of my mind I did, but Again, I guess as a young athlete, you, you don't have that experience of, of failure and, and, and having to deal with that. So maybe I was a little bit scared of failure and, and not making it. But um, I definitely continued to try, and, um, and it turned out for the best, really. With what I was able to make the 2010 Olympic team, but I definitely wasn't, wasn't confident that I was going to be there for sure. I just I knew if I worked hard that there was a possibility, but um, – and show and you know be able to play the way I, I normally play and, and bring that confidence to the national team so it it took a lot of mental training and just getting um comfortable um with myself and just being comfortable with with like the uncertainty and, and potential failures and that kind of thing what are some of the mental techniques that you maybe use and and does that differed to say 2007 versus 2022 like do you just sort of maintain that sort of mental training over your career or does it differ from when you're a young, fresh-faced hockey player in the national team, a bit nervous, shaking that off, to now the most senior member of the team, essentially, uh, with all this experience behind you? Yeah, I think it, it changes and evolves over over my career. Like 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 anything, you start off in in a role and you play, you know, that way. And then as, as it evolves, you know, I, I've definitely had different roles throughout my career. And have to deal with a lot of different things throughout my career and um, um, injuries being a main one. And, and so the mental side of it is huge. Um, but you also like adapt and, and, and you really change your ways just with, with how things are going. Um, you know, like when I was younger, you know, I didn't feel like I needed to talk to anyone or a sports psych- psychologist or, or see, you know, I just thought I was fine, you know? Um, and that's kind of like the younger mindset uh but then you know as you get older you realize okay this could be important to have certain techniques to deal with certain situations and um and uh just working on on yourself and gaining confidence all the time because you know everything is up and down like confidence is up and down i mean you could be on a high and then on the low and 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 just being able to handle um that that change and um so for, yeah, for me, it's more so like, you know, sports psychologist and the mental side of it was got more and more important as my career went on. And so it was a lot more of a focus as I, as I got longer into my career. Cause I was going to ask of that, that has that developed too, sort of like since when you first started to where it is now, because it seems to be something that is always growing in any sport at any Olympics, basically. I mean, as it sort of grown the more and more you've progressed through the sport what the sports psychology yeah so like have you sort of seen sort of that development change from say when you first made team canada to now or sort of your other teams that you've sort of played on over the years yeah like the mental side of it was always a big thing especially at the olympics and 
you know, that have, you have to have such a strong mindset and, and confidence and, and be just feeling, feeling so great going into like the biggest tournament of your life. And so that's always huge. Um, but you do see nowadays, um, like the younger, the younger kids, they're definitely focusing a lot more on it because they realize the importance of it. And, uh, which is great because, you know, the sooner you can, you know, get, you know, fix your head and be able to, to, uh, um, figure out your emotions and, and, uh, controlling them, uh, because hockey is so much more than just, or any sport really is so much more than just on the ice or on the field. It's, it's a lot of it has to do with the mental side of things. And so, um, it is so important and it's definitely getting a lot bigger now than it was back then. And and camaraderie uh, from a team perspective as well. I think the unique thing about ice hockey is that a world championship is generally held every year. Uh, And obviously when it comes to the women's side of things, you you know, you're getting all the best players playing in these world championships every year, where you might not necessarily get that in the men's side of things. So is there a level of working on that team camaraderie? So you're working out well on the ice, you're working together off the ice, that maybe you're going to get a little bit more in some other of these team sports. You know, I think of say like basketball in the summer Olympics, often all these squad members are not coming together every year to play each other. Are they, they often just get assembled a month or so before the Olympics. So how important is that to be able to perform on the ice, to have that camaraderie as a team? It's huge. It's so important. And I see it every four years. So every Olympic year um, is uh, we all get together and we train six, seven months together before the Olympics. So we're all together every day training versus just a normal year with the world championships is we just come together um, like a week, week and a half before the worlds. Um, So you're kind of trying to build that chemistry and that um, closeness with with your teammates uh, in a very short period of time. And so like any successful team I've been on, it's, it's how close you are as a group um, you know, you wanting to do everything you can for your, for your team and like, you know, team first mentality, having, um, you know, putting your ego aside and just doing what's best for the team. Um, and so all that comes with belief in each other and, and having that close knit group, um, which again, Olympic years is always the years that it seems like to be the best just because we're together and we spend so much time together for seven months leading up to Olympics. Um, so yeah, I would say that's the most important thing. If you have a team that's all on the same page and and all the same goals and and beliefs, then, uh, you'll be a lot more successful. Have there been some fun activities over the years for the bonding off the ice? Like, you know, let's all go bowling together. Let's all, you know, sit around and and watch Game of Thrones. Like, I mean, what are some of the, the more fun things that uh, Team Canada gets up to sort of work off the ice and that camaraderie? Oh, we do a ton of stuff, but yeah, like, we'll just, we're, we do a lot of team bonding things. So just like activities, but we'll go, you know, like paintballing. We went, um, um, uh, sledding, like dog sledding mm-hmm. in the mountains. Like we've done, we've done just a bunch of stuff. We've, we've played other sports just for fun, like, you know, competitive, you know, we're also competitive. So anyway, we're all in teams and we, and we play different sports and just have fun and, it's mainly just having fun together. Um, we generally usually have a boot camp before every Olympics. So it's like a month, usually a month long where you do so many activities together, but it's all a lot of like 
physically draining and, and mentally draining activities where like you're biking a hundred kilometers and you're racing nine kilometers running or, you know, we do a lot of that sort of thing that, you know, you're, you're with your teammates, you're kind of on a team and you're, you're, you're pushing each other and you're trying to make each other better um, and get and but also helping everyone get through it, uh, which again, helps with the, the chemistry. So uh, yeah, we've done like, there's, there's so many activities that we've done throughout the years. Which I have to ask, one of my favorite rivalries in world sport is USA v Canada and women's hockey. I think it's it's up there as one of, if not maybe the greatest rivalry, just in terms of how tense and close that rivalry is. But if you're doing something, say, like, I don't know, darts, boxing, something that's a bit physical, do you do you put, like, Team USA logos on these things to really get you pumped up before an Olympics? Because you know you're going to be playing them in a gold medal match, right? So you've got to get yourself in the zone for this, ready to go. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good idea. We should, I guess. Yeah, you um, take it. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, no, we. The thing is with 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 us, I, I find with athletes, it's you don't even you don't even need that. Like any sort of competitive game, it could be cards. Like it doesn't matter what it is, and everyone's just complaining and saying that there's cheating and like, you know, because they want to win. Everyone wants to win always, and and I'm very like I'm a super competitive person. So like anything I do, I I don't want to lose and it, it can be the most simplest thing. Uh, so you don't even have to put that USA logo there. We're just, you always want to, <laughs> you know, you know, very competitive. So. Which do you remember that first game you ever played against the USA and just what that is like compared to playing in against the other countries out there? Yeah. Like it's such a long time ago. I can't even, I don't like remember specific, like this actual specific game. Um, I, but I like remember at the beginning stages of, of playing the U S and just the, the feeling you get and the excitement and um, yeah, like the rush that you get when you play against them. It's just like such a hatred <laughs> for, for a team, you know, that um, you just hate them on the ice. Like, you know, they're all great people off the ice, but um, you know, when you have those jerseys on and you're, you're competing for your country, it's nothing else matters. Um, and uh, so it is really the best feeling in the world, but I, I do remember, I'll never forget my feeling of, of like putting that Jersey on for the first time uh, to represent your country. Like it's, it's a dream. Come, I mean, a dream come true and something that you, you dream about as, as a little kid um, growing up playing hockey, like wanting to, to be that, that role model and that person that can, um, can, can be on team Canada and um, play for your country. So it is quite an honor. It's just such a, an amazing rivalry that it, I mean, I, I struggle to think of another sport where generally every time you have a major event, you know what the final is going to be. And often people would be like, oh, well, that's predictable. Why do we care? But we, we all love it because it just, it always is so intense. And the games are always so close. It's not like generally like, oh, every three years, Team USA is so good. They're blowing you out. And Canada, like they're always like a goal or two in it. It's just always so great to watch. I mean, I would love to just list a world sporting rivalries and think of something that is that close and that intense all the time. Yeah, I mean, again, like that's why it's that's why it's it's so much fun to play them every time, and I can play them like thousand times this year, and it just it every time it's 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 just so exciting because you really don't know what 
who's going to win. You don't know what's going to happen. Um, there's always some sort of, you know, scrum or fight that happens. There's always, um, you know, usually over time or, or by one goal uh, differential. So it, it really, it's just such competitive, um, intense games that uh, it's just so much fun to play. And then also lo- people love to watch it because it's just so close and um, the unknown and not knowing who's going to win on any given day. I I worked for Australia's broadcaster during the Beijing Olympics and obviously hockey, not the most publicised sport in Australia, but when Team USA and Team Canada played in not only the round robin but then the gold medal game, got a bunch of coverage. They put that on. Like that was on their main channel. Like you've got to watch this. This is, uh, you know, the biggest rivalry you will see during these Olympics. So it, it got talked up. Here And I think particularly because of what happened in Pyeongchang versus the redemption story of Team Canada, all that sort of stuff. So it, it right. does transcend into other non-hockey countries there, Rebecca, that, uh, you know, they're getting on board to see this rivalry. That's great. I mean, I thought me being on this podcast, like I feel like you might not get many viewers, but. <laughs> oh, well, trust me, we, we, we promote the, the hockey ones that are always sort of big. Yeah. I mean. Your four Olympics, so all unique experiences, obviously, and I think it's fascinating to sort of look at every single one of those gold medals. But, you know, rather than talking about some of those, the on-ice stuff and all the success and everything that's happened with that, just in terms of your Olympic experiences, we always love hearing the off-ice experiences, things from ceremonies, village life, all that kind of stuff. Again, four very unique Olympics. Do you always make a, a note of each time you go to an Olympics to soak things in a little bit more? So like your first time in Vancouver, you may be a bit overawed by everything versus Beijing, very different Olympics, but I'm obviously sure you're taking things in differently as you did that first time. Yeah, I think I think when you're younger and like you're starting a career, like you kind of take things for granted. And I think throughout my career, you know, in the, especially in the middle of my career, I might have taken taking it for granted and not realize that I'm just kind of like going, I don't want to just go through the motions. Like I feel like I might've just been going through the motions a little bit. And, um, and so definitely at the end, like this last Olympics for sure, I, I was more just in the moment trying to embrace everything. Cause I mean, you really don't know if you have another opportunity and, and I'm definitely getting older that it, you know, it could very well be my last Olympics. And so for me, like, I just wanted to enjoy every moment and, and really take it in and just remember, you know, all my feelings that I've had and um, all the great memories that I've had at, at the Olympics. And um, so you definitely realize that later on, you know, when it, it is closer to an end that you, you really should be there day, like just in the day to day and just really uh, be in the moment. And uh, I definitely did that this past Olympics um, but I mean, every Olympics I've, I mean, my first Olympics, I'll never forget just, uh, just because of, of, you know, the, I had just so much emotion and, and so much excitement and it was all unknown. You didn't know what to expect at the Olympics. And so once you've been to a few or a couple, it's like, okay, you know, kind of what to expect and everything. So it's been quite a ride, but every, like you said, every Olympics is, um, special in its own way and you, you. Yeah, they're all different in, in their own way as well. Are you a are you a collector, Rebecca? Like, do you keep on hold of things? Sort of each of your Olympics, like, do you get a mascot every single time? You hold on to the pins, things like that, for each of your experiences. 
I'm definitely not like a pin. There's definitely all those pin collectors. I'm definitely not one of those people. Um, but I mean, I have so, so much memorabilia from every Olympics. Like I, I don't even have, I should get rid of some to be honest, but, um, I mean, I have, you know, like pictures and, um, all the clothing and all the items they give you. So it's all, it's all with me still. Uh, but you know, the, the medals are really like the most, the biggest thing. You collect medals. That's the main one you collect, right? (laughs) Um, yeah, those are the most memorable, obviously. Um, so I'm not really into like, you know, the teddy bear or something. I'm not going to just keep that. And, but, uh, I'm, I definitely have a lot of a lot of things from each Olympics, which um, I probably have, I have way too much stuff. Just so from you didn't, that, you so. didn't go Bing Dwen Dwen crazy in Beijing, like I know you obviously got one on the podium, but you weren't fighting left, right, and center to find one of them because they were the hottest ticket in Beijing. No, of course, I, everyone, they? everyone was doing that, and and I didn't understand the, the, why everyone. I was like, well, we're gonna like you knew I was gonna get one probably, um, and so you when got I got the, one, the I was best like, hey, one. I'll have, I'll have one, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, people wanted to get like big ones and all this stuff. And I'm like, I don't even have room to travel back with this. Like, <laughs> so I'm like, people can have the thing, my free items that I got. I'll just give those stuff away. Yeah. That, that, that works that way. What do you do with the medals? Is it, do you have them in a special place? Is this something that you're going to display or already have on display? Sort of like, what do you do with the medals? Um, I think eventually I'd want to like, so I always have all, we have, we always get our Olympic photos, um, like frames and you get those from hockey Canada, which is really nice. So it'd be nice to put those medals in there. But, um, right now, I, especially right now, I mean, like I'm always using that, like everyone, anytime I go to an appearance or someone, you know, wants me to come talk to a school or a conference or whatever it is, like I always bring my medals cause everyone always wants to see those more so than they want to see me. So I need to be able to have access to them, you know? So if they're framed and I would like to frame them at some point, but they're just in my sock drawer right now. <laughs> I love the, 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 the classic sock drawer. Like how, how is that when you're in the morning? All right, up, all right, start the day. Cool. All right. Grab a pair of socks. Oh, Olympic gold medals. There they are. All right. Well, yeah. sock. is it motivation? Like, Oh, I'm going to have a good day. Olympic gold medals. Yeah. There they are. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I don't know. They're not, uh, they're not displayed in my sock drawer. They're just kind of in like cases or in a, like I have two actually in a sock um, because the cases we get are just so big. Mm. So, uh, so it's just hard to bring them around. So when I bring them around to places, uh, they're all, they're stored in, I bring two of them are in, in like two different socks just to like protect them, which is kind of funny, but. The, uh, this is a, I don't know if it's a strange question, but we're, we're a strange show. We, we did an episode a while ago where we actually ranked the designs of the Olympic medals. And the thing with the Winter Olympics is obviously they're generally more unique designs than the, the summer yeah. medals. Outside of what each gold and silver, one silver, it's obviously, you know, different meaning to it. But do you have a favorite design of the four Olympic medals that you've got that you sort of look at and go, oh, this one, this, this is my favorite? I, I honestly would say the Vancouver one is the coolest one, um, design wise. Like it's it's like curvy for the, like yep. symbolizing the waves, um, and uh, every medal, which I think is cool. Every medal is different. So there's not one medal that's the same um, because every medal is out of out of this big picture. Um, yep. Um, yeah. So it's, so my, my gold medal looks different than my teammates gold medal. And, and so it is, it was very unique and just kind of the, the little design on it. So I, I did really like that concept. 
um yeah so like everyone's unique it's not the same yeah i I love that idea of that i think it's so unique that it's basically a jigsaw puzzle isn't it and uh you know if all the olympians got all their medals together it would form like a, a giant picture which is fantastic we just fun fact i'm pretty sure it came out a number one but sochi was uh one of our favorites sort of the unique little like a crystal window that's got space dust or something from russian space equipment or something like that which uh obviously is uh very unique i I still it's just you went to four very unique olympics obviously your home olympics russia sochi you know pyeongchang and then obviously with beijing do you have i mean I'm assuming I might know the answer, but I, I should never guess these things. Do you sort of have a favourite of the Olympics that you went to just in terms of the overall experience? Yeah, so honestly, everyone is is quite different in its own way. Um, like Vancouver, for sure, is a memorable one. It's my first one in my home country. Like just the support, the fans, like everything was incredible. So it was, it was an amazing one to to be able to make. Like that was I probably, I mean, I don't know when the next time we'll come back to Canada. So um, that was a pretty amazing experience for it to be my first one. Um, And then just Sochi, uh, just the way we won, the way our team came together. And and it actually was very well done, the the, the entire Olympics, just um, very uh, easy for like spectators and stuff to go watch like everything was just brand new right everything was built and it's all just close together so the proximity so it was really easy for my parents to go watch something they could just walk around they didn't have to like train and go somewhere super far to try to watch an event and so that was really really great um but the way we won that was like very special it was like a mm. it's like a fairy tale ending there um yeah, and then this past one, I mean, the silver, yeah. We don't have to talk about that. That's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> definitely, you definitely learn a lot from failure and, and from, from losing. So it definitely helped throughout these past four years and, and leading into that other Olympics. But, um, yeah, but this Beijing was, was, was special just because of the hardships and how difficult of a couple years leading up to it has been and, and all the adversity we had to go through with trying to figure out how to keep everyone safe and not get COVID and, and weren't able to play games a lot. And, and so it was just quite a challenging year, um, but we came together and we were able to win it after such a difficult uh, eight months leading up to that. So yeah, yeah there's just, there's, they're all special in, in their own way. They're all very unique in that. A couple of things before we let you go, Rebecca. Uh, I know everyone's asking you, oh, you're going on for another Olympics, you're going on for another Olympics. You, you mentioned about not knowing whether or not Canada will have another Olympics. Vancouver, of course, is in the running for 2030. There's a high possibility that 2030 could be coming back to Vancouver. Now, I know you're still debating 2026, but I'm just saying this now, Rebecca. 2026, yeah, yeah we know. 2030, then you can start in Vancouver end in Vancouver. Isn't that a nice little bookend to your career there? Uh, yeah, that would be nice, but um, I'm not sure my body will, will let me do that. I'll be way too old at that point. Um, <laughs> wouldn't that be nice, though? You could be coach, uh, coaching. Like you know, you're going to get all this experience with the Flames. Yeah. So by then, you'll be coaching the team in Vancouver. Maybe, yeah. Maybe it could transition to that. Um, yeah, but that would, uh, that would be a really unique thing for sure. But... Um, yeah, it's just, it's just very tough with the Olympics every four years. It's just such a long time away, right? But yeah. you never know what's going to happen 
tomorrow. I'm, but I'm, I'm calling this now. Milan, you're there, Milan. You, I'm just saying it right now. We like to predict things on this show, Rebecca. No pressure for you, of course, but, uh, well, you know, <laughs> there's, there's still that possibility. The, the last thing I'd like to ask you, the, the new NHL 23 video game that is just about to come out at the time of recording this, going to feature women's players for the very first time. Are, are you in it? And, like, have you sort of had to go and, like, get scanned and sort of facial things like that and kind of be involved in some capacity? Yeah, so we were in it. Our world championship team last year was in the video game. I don't know if it's in this one then. I, th- I thought it was already out. And may- uh, maybe it could be. Like, at the time recording this, is it's on the cusp of sort of being released and everything. But I think this one they're, yeah. like, really promoting that – I think because there's uh, like a male and a female cover star this time yeah, around yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. There's a female. Yeah. There's my, my teammates on the, on the cover. And um, so that's really cool. Uh, but um, yeah. So I'm not even sure because I, I didn't go to this past world championship. I was taking some time um, off just from to recover and everything. So um, I think it's just like world championship teams, but I, Right. Well, if you're not, maybe there's this creator player mode that we can sort of do it. Because I mean, I don't know if you yeah. play video games, but it must be cool to kind of. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it must be kind of cool that, you know, you've got this opportunity that you can sit down and pick up a controller and kind of control yourself in a video game. It's probably something you never thought that might be possible one day. No, I, I definitely didn't. But I'm also not a video game person at all. Mm. So I probably wouldn't pick it up and, and play myself anyway. <laughs> um, but cool to, to that uh, you know other people have that experience for sure. Yeah, absolutely, Rebecca. Before we let you go, uh, if anybody wants to stay up to date with what you've got going on in life, moving forward between now and Milan, uh, social media, websites, anywhere like that, got a book coming out. You seem to you should write a book. We had Sammy Joe Small on a couple of years ago. She wrote a great book, so I think there's a great market for uh, hockey players and books because they're always very entertaining. <laughs> So, sorry, what was the question? Did you want me Is to... Is it social media? Where can people follow you uh, before oh, you write the book, basically? Yeah. Oh, right. Okay. Um, I'm just on Instagram and, and Twitter. Um, it's just rjohnt6. Perfect. There you go. People can stay up to date. Rebecca, such an honor to be able to have you on the show today to learn about your career, your Olympic experiences, and everything else. And I've got to say it, go Flames. Come on. Like, we're, we're, we're hungry after last season, right? We need to – we lost a couple of guys, picked a couple of guys up. It's time. The Cup's coming back. Yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Go Flames. Absolute delight to speak to Rebecca there. Massive, massive honour to have her on the show. Thanks to her for her time and to her management for arranging that chat. If you want to see the video version of that interview, of course, hit us up on Off the Podium and you can see that. Me proudly wearing my Calgary jersey and excited that Rebecca is part of the Flames team now moving forward. And just so exciting to learn so much about her career and everything else in between. It's not often we ask our guests who won multiple medals, which is your favourite medal, like in terms of the design, because they've all obviously got different meanings. But those Vancouver medals, as uh, you remember when we did our ranking the Olympic medals one a couple of years back, was uh, up there because it is such a unique design to have basically a giant jigsaw puzzle for these medals, uh, such a, an amazing concept, which obviously uh, makes it exciting to think what they might come up with in 2030, given that it is a, uh, a native games in terms of uh, being completely uh, organised by 
uh, Indigenous leaders and Indigenous population there in Canada. So we obviously uh, look forward to seeing how that plays out should Canada get the gains back in 2030. And uh, hopefully, Rebecca, whether she's on the ice or behind the bench, we'll soon see how that plays out. But a, a massive honour to speak to Rebecca on Off the Podium today. We have so much stuff coming your way. It is an exciting time here on Off the Podium. And also coming up very, very shortly, we're going to be uh, going behind the mic again for another esteemed Olympic broadcaster and commentator, a, a person that I have been wanting to get on this show for quite some time, and we've got them. They're going to be on this show, an iconic voice in Australian broadcasting and the voice behind one of Australia's most iconic Olympic gold medals of the last 20 years. So uh, well, I guess it would be 21 years now, wouldn't it? Uh, of the last millennium. Let's go with that. That's more of a time frame. So uh, this is a great chat. You're going to love it. And such an honour to be able to have this guest on. So stay tuned for that. And some more great ones coming your way in the coming episodes. So make sure you never miss one by subscribing to the show wherever you listen to podcasts. Search for Off the Podium and never miss an episode. And social media, of course, too. Search for Off the Podium wherever you get your media that is social. That's a sentence that doesn't really make sense. But again, you're an Off the Podium. That often comes out along the way. Thanks again to Rebecca. Thanks again for you for tuning in. My name is Ben. This is Off the Podium. Shout out goes to the Birmingham Bull. Remember to go left and fizzle dizzle. When the stars make it through Just like pasta fuzzle And some water When you dance down the street With the cloud at your feet You're in When you walk in a dream But you know you're not dreaming, senora Excuse me, but you see back in old Napoli That's a 